What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, behave! Be on your toes. Be alert. Tuesday afternoon. Woj bomb territory, John. Woj bomb territory. Don't forget Shams. Don't forget that Shams Don't character. Don't forget Shams. Head on a swivel. Amic on a bombs swivel. on alert. <laughs> the Kings. Spears bomb. The Kings just traded one of their best players. I woke up. It's like, they're just trading away their best well, player. It's all about making Buddy Heald happy, John. It's all about I making Buddy I mean, what happy. is going on? They just they have a brand new arena. Say what you want about Lakeham. We think he, he's going to do everything in his power to like make this brand new arena that he's charging people a premium. Give the best team. The Kings... Who, relative, it's a lot cheaper to go to a Kings game than it is a Warriors game. But sweet new arena, badass. They, they, they're going to be terrible. This is the year. Tra- I don't get it. This is the year, according to Dan Haberman. This is the year they put it all together. Yeah, I think even the Dan Habermans of the world are starting to just shake their head a little bit. <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, I mean, this is, you know, and we just had the Masters. And then we got the NBA draft middle of the week, Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh NBA craziness, so we'll get into all of it. Plus, Raiders Chiefs is huge. Niners bye week. There's some stuff there. A lot going on. Thursday night. Thursday night, good game. Thursday night, good game. Thursday night, phenomenal game. I want. I actually want to. I want you to talk me out of Arizona plus three. Uh, before you get, wish to you would have talked me out of Bears plus one fifty. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I thought. I actually thought you were in okay shape. Yeah. Once, well, when uh, your only Adam touchdowns Thielen, come from special teams, you when, know, and when, Khalil Mack interceptions, Khalil you, Mack you, got, you got issues. Turned into a field goal, you know, yeah. right? They didn't score a touchdown yeah, on that yeah. play. No, no, they didn't score any touchdowns, that guy, besides uh, Cordell. Who got? He's well, ever since he left the Raiders. Doesn't he look pretty sweet? I still don't. Do you like him in a, like handoffs out of the backfield? Well, I don't like running Wildcat with him. Just give it to him on sweeps. You don't think like Kyle Shanahan could use a guy like that? Yeah. yeah. Sean McVay. I my guy Nagy. Their offense is uh, what? What's the opposite of creative? Uh yeah well yeah yeah not <laughs> just stubborn. doesn't seem like it's got much going on no dry yeah even greasy who seems like a pretty positive announcer was kind of being pretty critical <laughs> uh this 
show brought to you by ease.com promo code ham ease.com promo code ham if you're a new user or if you're a returning user ham 10 yep e-a-z-e.com check out the website right now edibles topicals pre-rolls vapes you name it they have it just check out their inventory a lot of inventory a lot of sweet stuff i can't recommend it enough because we've been recommending it now for a couple years you guys have been using it ham for people that want their first time purchase and if you already used it just have your mom have your girlfriend have your boyfriend uh have your roommate have whoever use their have them set up account you get twenty dollars off a purchase of fifty dollars or more if you have not used ham 10 get you a little 10 percent haircut i love a good 10 percent haircut absolutely uh you can't get a haircut for 10 percent anymore not a real one i can tell you that much (laughs) Just got to be 21 or over. You get verified online in minutes. Like John said, you start looking, you start buying. It gets delivered to you. Not in days. You're not waiting around for the mailbox. It comes to you in minutes. Minutes. Number one. Delivery. Number one in America. And uh, carried by the state of California. So good job, everybody. We appreciate your support. EAZE.com. 20 bucks off your first delivery with code HAM or 10% off if you're a returning user with HAM10. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, where I can't wait for the Raiders and Chiefs game, but I got to admit, the Chiefs minus six and a half, delicious, and I am on that right now. Raider fans are going to call you a hater guy. You don't believe they beat him the first time. Why wouldn't you believe this time? Minus six and a half, I also kind of like. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. We got a big Thursday night football game. Uh, what you told me the line Cardinals plus three Talk at me Seattle. I like it, but I feel like everyone's <clears throat> gonna like it. I feel like it's almost it's very feels like a very public bet. Yeah, I mean it's to me it'd be a little bit of a stay away, just factoring in that Seattle's lost two games in a row. Little desperation for the first time Seattle Seahawks in a long time, it feels like. Uh but we, we gotta keep keep an eye on that one. Mybookie.ag. The guy, we got a we got a golf tournament this weekend. I just checked some odds. Our guy Hunter Mayhem, you get it a thousand to one. So uh, $10 would pay $10,000. I was thinking about just throwing $10 and just Hell like, yeah. hey, man, he's, I don't know, he's won on the PGA Tour before. Uh, MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM, the number one NFL college football. Hopefully we'll get some more Pac-12 games this week. Heard Justin Wilcox this morning when I was uh, running some errands, talking about he thinks they're going to play this week, so that's a positive, so we might just keep on playing some games. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1, get your gamble on. If you're listening to this before... Wednesday night, the uh, NBA draft, uh, before 3 o'clock Pacific on Wednesday. You can also bet on LaMelo's minus 185 to be the number one pick, Anthony Edwards plus 100 to be the number one pick uh, in the NBA draft. So there's a bunch of NBA props there, freshman over-unders, international players drafted. If you've been big on the uh, international scene, uh, you've been reading a lot of uh, Draft Express, you're a big Jonathan Gavoni guy. Uh, if you're deep into the uh, NBA GM stuff, you Australian basketball publications you've been reading, uh, you know, uh, you Maccabi Tel Aviv. Goes, do you think LaMelo goes number one? I mean, he's the heavy favorite at this point. Remember, who was the UCLA coach? Alford, when he offered all three brothers? Yeah. Like when he got Lonzo and the other two LaMelo just had scholarships. was like in seventh grade or eighth grade, yeah. And then the, the middle one, they Jello. went to China and he, and he stole the uh, sunglasses. sunglasses. Yep. And then his other brother was like, oh, we're just done with college and went to Australia. Yep. It's The balls, say what you want about the balls. They made their mark on sports, sports culture. They have. They have. And now, granted, one brother is like a legitimate starting point guard in the league, and the other guy is going to be the number one pick. Like, of course they did. I mean, they play in the NBA, right? 
Jello, I would imagine, lives with one of the two of them. Wouldn't that be an upset if he doesn't? It would be an upset if he doesn't. Yep. Do <laughs> yeah. you think he still has the glasses from China, or they made him give them back, Alford? Probably. Uh, I'm I'm guessing China took them back. Yeah. Wasn't he not any good as well? But yeah, I don't I don't know that he play anywhere after that. Maybe didn't he have to before quarantine was a thing? He had to quarantine by himself in a hotel room for like 14 days or something like that. The three well, yeah, they left him behind. Yeah, so they three stayed there in the hotel room. Basically, like they, hotel arrest. And then they came back and they basically suspended him for the season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yep. That was uh, that was quite the story. And like even Lavar, I don't know if he defended him or was saying like some of the facts weren't right. It's like Lavar. I mean, you fucking have sunglasses in your pocket, you didn't pay for them. Stealing, stealing. One thing that did not fly in the middle cough home. Still to this day, like. Couple times, just accidentally, you know, you could be walking around, and, like, put something in your pocket. You're like, "Whoa!" I, I, I still get the heebie-jeebies thinking about getting caught stealing. I've never stolen. I'm just saying, like, that gets embedded into your brain uh-huh. as a young child from your parents. Like, of all the things that just basic human things that you can do to cross the line and break rules or whatever, that was a no-fly zone in the middle golf home. The other two guys that got in trouble have been really good players for UCLA. <laughs> who was picked to win the Pac-12, by the way? Oh, they're so. still there. Jalen Hill and Cody Riley, they like two of their best players. So maybe they just wanted to get Jello away from their two guys. That it was all. It good. was like a deep <laughs> undercover operation, yeah. just to get them off. Like we gotta, <laughs> we need you guys to take one for the. But team. they clearly, if Lamelo had been eligible, he would have played it anywhere in the country, right? I mean, he's an yeah. elite talent. Yeah. Yep. I, Jello just always looked chubby to me. Not everybody, you know, it's hard. You just not everybody yeah. can be six seven. And Johnson's brother's his caddy, you know. Yeah. But he's actually a good-looking guy too. I just, I, oh, I yeah, I just mean like not everyone get you like elite athleticism is just it's elite. It's called elite yeah. for a reason, you know. You think there's ever jealousy there if your brother's a caddy and the best player in the world, but you're the caddy and you're still? I mean, you're kicking ass too, right? I bet, I bet he wishes he could play like that, but I, they seem like they have a really good relationship. I think you know, yeah. ha- easy to be happy for him. And- it crossed my mind like if you're Dustin and you've just made like twenty million in the last two months, do you just do you, is it just go like? You know what? I forget his brother's name. Like, here's a million dollars. You, you, I'll split the purse with you. Or do you just like, no? Here's, I'll give you a twelve percent bump, or you know, add to the ten percent. He do, probably do does just, get paid more than most caddies, I would imagine. Yeah. If you were just feeling good and money meant nothing to you, which it clearly doesn't, Dustin has unlimited amount of cash. Would you just like every once in a while, get, when you won a tournament, give your brother all the money, the full, the purse? Yeah. Remember last year when. Uh, Kevin Na gave his caddy the like classic car that he won at whatever tournament he won. That was pretty cool. It was like the car, like the caddy always wanted that car. Yeah. Do you remember when Kucher had the caddy that he picked up in Mexico and he like, refused to pay him, so he didn't do a good job or something? He paid him a thousand bucks, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, something outrageous. <laughs> uh, you didn't hit any. He didn't. I mean, what's a good caddy? I don't. know. What do you want? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Now, we've been all in on football for football season, obviously. I got to tell you, Monday night, Twitter started to heat up on the NBA. Woj says Harden turns down the chance to be the first $50 million player a year in the NBA and is focused on a trade to the Nets. And I went, whoa, here we go. All of a sudden, my like basketball thing flipped in my head. Uh, we've seen some crazy ones. I'll never forget where I was when LeBron announced that he was taking his talents to South Beach. I was in your apartment in Philadelphia when the Warriors got KD. Never forget that one, right? That was a 4th of July morning at like 7.50. 
build up for both those two, right? Everyone knew Kevin Durant was going to be a free agent. LeBron was crazy for a year. This, this one a little out of left field. But I think just as crazy for different reasons, but it is tier one insane. You agree? You and I went to a lot of Warriors games before Kevin Durant showed up. I thoroughly enjoyed Oklahoma City as their own independent entity. In a weird way, I love the Warriors. I didn't need Kevin Durant to come to the Warriors. Now, once he was here, it was a relatively enjoyable experience for me. But at the same time, like it... It did hurt basketball. I think even players have been open about it. All the old guys, that the new age guys, like, they're just haters. No, they just all played each other, and it was a huge point of pride to try to beat each other. Now, it's different with, you know, leaving as a free agent. No one, I, I never held it against Kevin for leaving. I have a much bigger issue with guys forcing, even LeBron. He's left as a free agent now multiple times. I, I, I was disgusted by Anthony Davis. It's like, bro, they just they gave you $180 million and you forced your way out. James, they have built this whole fucking operation around you. They have paid you an accumulated amount. He's on a $250 million contract right now. Maybe it's 233 or something. They had paid him, remember, when they had originally traded for him, they gave him a huge contract. They've paid him a ton of money. They've given you absolutely everything. And they literally let him dribble and shoot every play. Like, they couldn't have done any more. And I saw someone say, it's like, I love it when guys go, you know, uh, we just, we just, I, I need a place that I, I can thrive in. I just don't think this is a winning environment. Or I just don't think we can get it done here anymore. That's an indictment on you. Like it's, it's when the whole you, thing's built James. around you, it is. Yeah. Like at least if I wanted to defend Anthony Davis, this Pelicans were a joke. Like this team has been one of the better teams in the league since James Harden has been there. They've been to multiple conference finals. They have been right on the cusp. He is consistently let down. Now you could push back and go, well, John, maybe he's just acknowledging he can't be the alpha, so he needs to go be a beta with Kyrie to Kevin's alpha. Maybe that's the case. But I, I'm exhausted with the NBA, man. I, I really am. And, and even before James Harden happened, the trade for Drew Holiday, which they basically gave a similar package that the Lakers gave to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis, all these unprotected firsts and all these pick swaps, when they don't eat, the reason they did it is to keep Giannis, who refuses to sign long term. And then Drew Holiday is also an unrestricted free agent in a year. Like both these guys can leave. And, and it's like the GM will get crushed if they all leave. Like these guys are just helpless. I mean, the, the, these players, it went from like, you know, players need some empowerment to now, I, I think we've jumped the shark. Have we not? I mean, we did a couple years ago. Yeah, but this, I, I this thought. This is getting outrageous. I, to, I, I do trace it back. To the Kevin decision, not like you said, it's different. Kevin was all in in Oklahoma City when he was there, right? I know there's some, there's all these like always all these backstories about was he one foot out? What? All I know is I watched. We him we when he was in we went to City. the OKC Golden State the the conference finals games. It he was, was awesome. He was fantastic, right? They if it wasn't for the one of one of my favorite games of all time, Clay Thompson in OKC, yeah, it, it could have been a different story. But I, I don't think it's good for the NBA. To have their best players on different teams all the time. It's that is that is my take. Period. It's not good for the sport for all your best players to constantly be changing teams because the best thing you can do in any sport is build up easy to identify sides. This team versus this team. This guy versus this guy. That's the best storylines you can build. Not people. And I'm gonna use like I'm using like movie or like 
uh, WWE terminology here, like double crossing each other and constantly changing. Like, I think one phrase that's lost its meaning because it's been used so much is soap opera. Like, oh, it's such a soap opera. But if you really just sit back and think about, if you maybe there are people too young that have even that haven't watched a soap opera, watch five minutes of a soap opera. It's so dramatic. The same characters are always there. There's always someone's about to die or someone's about to get a divorce or someone's about to whatever. I haven't watched one in years. But in the end, it's just musical chairs. Like nothing ever actually happens. It's just musical chairs. None of it really means anything. And in the NBA, it's just this level of musical chairs. Free agency can be really good for for just entertainment, right? Trade deadlines and free agency are phenomenal. We see it in the I NFL, think it, but, it, but it always has in the three major sports, oh, right? absolutely. But there Our is such life. a thing as too much of it. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, the free agency, you need your, but you need Reggie. You it's to me, it's all about, and this is where I think the NFL thrives is the storylines in the NFL are so easy to consume. It's like, Oh, it's so it's Brady and the Patriots and bill against Peyton and the Colts. That's it. Well, that's you, it. you know, that's, you know, that's a talking every year po- over and over and over again. That's all it is. If, if the NFL was the NBA, do you know a talking point that would be inevitable? Do Joe Burrow and, uh, and Justin Herbert forced their way out in the next couple of years. Are they going to be unhappy? How do the Chargers gonna, make, right? How do the yeah, Ravens make Lamar Jackson happy? Yeah, th- th- these conversations are a huge reason. Listen, th- there are a myriad of factors. The Chiefs. Why the NBA. We think Pat Mahomes on the team for 10 years. Not if he was an NBA player, he wouldn't be. No, well, he we know he's on the team for 10 years. He just signed his quote-unquote Superman. Got to keep him happy. Guy, I, guy I, th- they're not even halfway through their rookie careers. I think Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, if they stay healthy, are on their team for a decade, right? I just, I would be very, very confident. They're not well, going any rookie quarterback who, if they turn out to be a franchise quarterback, a decade plus. I mean, into their you know. now. Now, in fairness to James, he has been on the Houston Rockets now for a while. I think he played seven years there. But it's like James, you were the guy always like this guy's good. This we get Dwight Howard, he's not good enough. Go get me Chris Paul. Oh, he's not good enough. Go get me Russell Westbrook. He couldn't have had any more power, guy. I, you could argue in the history of the league, even LeBron James, when you factor in what they allowed him to do with the offense and how they allowed him to handpick his sidekick, I don't know if an NBA player has ever had more power. And it also shows you, the, I say this all the time, the top like 20 guys in the NBA, and this is always when it gets political, it's like, you know... These guys are so much wealthier than the other two sports athletes. Like their wealth is they are next they live next to Mark Zuckerberg. They live next to the guy that runs Sony Productions and L. Their wealth is stupid wealth because their NBA contracts, which are now 30, 40 million dollars, all guaranteed, is not their biggest resource anymore. The shoe contracts, what are, are paying them an astronomical amount of money. James Harden, without hesitation, and I, I this is a powerful thing to do when anyone that's ever said no to any amount of money. But when you can with a straight face, when they go, hey, we're already you're already on a $240 million contract. We're going to add $100 million just for the two years. So it's going to average out at like $51 million a year. He can say without hesitation, no, I'm good. I don't want it. And that clearly signals like you got to get rid of me. But that's not a good thing. Like I, I think the money now is so out of whack. Like this is, it all leads back to the interest in the league. Has yeah, diminished. I disagree a little bit. I, like I don't, to me, this is, I'm not saying it's not connected, but I don't care about like some of these other things that have become that I, I think oh, I do care. I just think this individually is its own can be its own thing. And I think James Harden making $500 million on the Rockets for his whole career is fine. Like 
I'm not saying he's making too much money. My point is the problem, and this is why the players are going to have more and more juice. Money means nothing to them. Yeah, now. the team's only leverage is the money. Yeah, is to pay you right. money, and that's the one thing that baseball and football still really have. When I offer you these huge contracts, Mike Trout plays. And, and the on reason a it's fucking- valuable, sorry, John. The reason that matters, right, is that that not you can't if people are willing to take less money now you can. It's it it creates an imbalance. Whereas in baseball, for so long, it was the teams that had all the money could crush the teams that had none of the money. Now, if the money doesn't mean anything to the players, you can't limit how many you, you can't keep a team from monopolizing, right? Because the players will prioritize just I want to play with, which in theory is what you want. Like you want players who want to be in the perfect situation, not necessarily. It's what we've always been asking. Like, don't go to the most money, right? But this is well, not exactly. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what people I, had in mind I, when they said that. I think okay when the when the Angels offered Mike Trout or just paid him like four hundred million dollars, his team stinks. If anything, he would have been smart to let it play out. If he was an NBA player, he one hundred percent would have let it play out. Hell, he might have forced his way out, but he took the money. In football, it clearly guys immediately take the money. In basketball, now this guy just doesn't want to be there. The money he has hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. It does not matter to him. And like you said, I saw some people on Twitter, like, what's the, just to have seven teams, LA, New York, Miami, New, you know, Boston, and just have them all get together. Well, why are we even faking it? Especially if in two years, Giannis leaves and Drew Holiday walks after they did this. Like the whole thing is just, we all agree it's kind of a joke now. And again, the health of the sport, which 20 years ago, I don't know if it was big as, it, it was, it was way bigger than it is now. And I think, it's been proven that out. I still love it. I know you do too, but it is, it's, it's getting, I, I don't love this stuff. Like, I, think, I like this rivalry that happened with the Warriors and James Harden and the Rockets. Like yeah. that's when I grew up, the NBA was a big deal because teams hated each other. Who gives a shit? He goes to the Nets. There's no rivalry with anything. It's like, well, the we're Nets. talking, these it's are like just, a renegade squad. This is like two mercenaries. This is like a two-parter, right? One part of it is part of this conversation is putting all the good teams, all the good players on just a few teams. And the other part of it is like the player movement thing, right? So it's it's two different things. I think both of them are significant. I think both of them are the biggest reasons why the NBA has the problems that it has. Like, I would have 100% signed Kevin Durant if I was the Warriors. If I'm a Warriors fan, I loved it. But when it happened and you and I were benefiting from it because we're doing radio, it it was clear this is not what's good for the big picture. You need as many teams. This, the NFL benefits because, well, from a lot of things, but one of the things is there are a lot of teams that you think in a given year can win a championship. And so it's A, it's the play, it's the constant player movement, and B, it is the uh, the saturation of talent. Like it, like it's not, it's better for Kevin Durant to play against Steph Curry than for Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. It's better for Kevin to play against Kyrie and against Harden because you're just multiplying the number of games that are interesting. That's You've got all these games. You are multiplying the number of games that are interesting when you have good players on multiple teams. Well, here's the thing. Houston is one of the biggest markets in America. I, I would imagine they, they have been, we're in our mid-30s, have been good the majority of our life, right? When we were growing up, they had a keem. And then into the late 90s, early 2000s, they pivoted pretty fast once they got Tracy McGrady, Yao Ming, and then to James. Like They, they have been consistently competitive. So I would say Houston in that area, probably basketball is not number one, but they just have a lot of casual fans. They have a lot of people that are in the general market. When a guy like this is going to force his way out, and that seems like inevitable as we're recording this, you 
it's one thing when a guy leaves, and, and Oklahoma City knew it was possibility. There's nothing you can do. When a guy forces his way out, you essentially, James Harden, he's not my type player, but no one, and I mean no one, doesn't acknowledge he's an elite player, a top four or five player in the league, especially when you factor in the regular season. He's like a baseball player like that, right? His value for the regular season is so valuable. Might let you down in the playoffs, but if his teammate's Kevin Durant, you're actually going to be in pretty good shape. You're and not going to get so many playoff series with him that are even if he loses, they are fantastic, right? Well, remember we went to a game when he was young against Dwight Howard, or when Dwight Howard was on the team when they were playing the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, and it was just like he was just banging Jays. Terrifying. I think they maybe the Warriors ended up winning, but it was he was uh, incredible, and that was before they I ended think up he trapping really him. Remember they turned like yeah, Steph and he and turned Clay the ball over. Him at the, at Wouldn't, and wouldn't you say that was a little before he became this James Harden? But it, I just remember you and I sitting there being terrified. Every time he touched the ball, and that's the he best. was tra- he w- he was transitioning it into a superstar yeah, right then. Yeah, it's, and that was such a great experience. But the Rockets will have to take back if James Harden's a dollar, probably take back like sixty five cents. What's the other problem? Is NBA draft picks? It's no, it's and and so the I, then I lose the best player in my franchise since Hakeem, and I get nothing really back for it, and then I. And I don't have that much to show for him because I've gotten rid of all these picks. Why? Because we've gone all in the last half decade for him. He kind of fucks me if I'm a Rocket fan. Like, my team well, moving forward. Yeah, there's a reason. And it's like we've done everything possible. to James, we've literally handed you the franchise. The, the Houston Rockets, I would say the Houston Rockets have handed him the keys to the franchise more than even like the Warriors to Steph. I mean, they couldn't have done anything more. They literally built the entire franchise around one human. Unlike, I think, anything we've ever seen. It was, well, as it a basketball fan, it's hard to it watch. It kind of at a high level. It doesn't really happen in football in this way, right? But it's kind of like, we're going to not go all in on the player, what the Cardinals did, right? We're going to trade away our first-round quarterback. We're going to get Kyler. We're going to get his coach, and we're just going to go all in on this. You know, in the NFL, kind of like kind of like the Sixers with that AI, maybe early 2000s. You can pivot like faster in the yeah. NFL than you can in the NBA. In, in the NBA. There's a reason that, the the players unions and the leagues are two separate things because what's best for the players isn't always what's best for the league right so when you you always point this out like when people say like the players have this right yeah well, yes this is I, I don't blame them for taking advantage of the situation at all or when i say taking advantage it sounds like it's sinister they're just doing what they can do i'm not even sure i would do anything differently wait i can be as r- richer than i ever imagined and play with with who and where i want to play I'd probably say yes. I would probably do the same stuff. I don't want to be in Houston. I don't like the coach. I don't like the owner, whatever. I want out. I might do the same thing, right? I'm not saying it's probably a pretty human thing to do, but that doesn't mean that it's good for your sport, and it's not. It's, it is it is counter to what is best for the sport. It just is. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, and I don't know how they fix that. Well, they, they don't. Like, I think they it's just, a far bigger problem than players taking nights off. Like, that's a problem, but whatever. Baseball player, like, I might go to a Giants game and not see Barry Bonds. It happened to me as a kid a few times. Like, whatever. It's It sucks, but part of the deal. But I, I, I think the like the snowball of the avalanche is almost too far down the hill to really slow it down right now. And the money's so big, and the players have so much power. I think the league's in a slippery slope right now. And listen, I, I'm one of the only guys I've ever seen on Twitter that is fucking critical of this commissioner. I mean, he's just... I, I think the commissioner, one thing David Stern had, and, and the media used to hate him, he was a little dictatorish, and he would draw a line in the sand, and he just there were checks and balances in the league. And with Adam Silver, he gets fucking tossed around. He has no juice. And part of that might just be 
These owners have paid way more for teams. The, the league has just economically changed, and I think that's fair. But Adam Silver has no pull, and I mean zero pull, when it comes to making hard changes because he's he's kind of the player's friend. And I think until he takes the stance of I'm the I, I got to be on the owner side on this, or our league is the ratings are going to keep plummeting. The interest of like the majority of the teams just being really shitty is going to be a problem. The don't, the These teams the are going to suck. So many regular season games are irrelevant. There's just not. There's no urgency to the regular well, season. I, I was I was watching Jacksonville Green Bay, the highlights of it on Red Zone or whatever, and it was tight. Right, it was like a tie game going into the fourth quarter, and I'm like, you know, the one thing the NFL has that just the NBA will not is even their shittiest of teams that are headed straight for Justin Fields, which in the NBA would have been equivalent like headed straight for Zion. Still trying their ass off, and it's still a very bettable game, and it was actually kind of a watchable game. I mean, and the, the NBA 16, just lacks that. Yeah, I mean, they've got such a small inventory that it just... But I think 20, 30 years ago, before the money got out of control, there was still in the NBA people playing for positions, people playing for jobs, and I think now it's become a little bit of a scholarship league. I'm not... James Harden deserves a scholarship, but even a lot of guys get these... Four year, eighty million dollar deal, and you know a year in, you're like, God, I wish I was paying that guy about three million dollars. Well, yeah, yeah, but but again, I, I would say you can even live with all that if you were just had if you found a way for guys to mostly be in the same spot year after year. Which I, mean, I just don't. I, don't know I mean, guy, I would I, back in the bottle. I, I think it's just only getting crazier and crazier. And if Harden's on when, the Nets, I mean, I'll watch. When I saw that James Harden, it's one thing to want to trade. It's another thing, like, I only want to play for the Nets. And then I'm like, isn't that where Kevin and Kyrie? Oh, yeah, that is where those guys. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. That was, that's one of the crazier headlines I've seen in recent memory. And again, I'm not shocked by much. But I, I kind of had to do, is, he, is this serious? I'm like, yeah, this is dead serious. And once you see it, you go, well, this is happening. Right. Yeah, it feels. Yeah, that's, a, that's the other somewhere. Thing. Like, you know, if it's not in, the, in the Nets, end, it's somewhere, and that's going to be crazy too. Well, for example, if I don't even know the if like Aaron Donald was like, I want out of the. I don't want to be a Ram anymore. The Rams would be like, Oh yeah, training car starts uh, July twenty eighth. See you there, Aaron. <laughs> right. It's same in baseball. Like, I or, want but, out. But like, but or they would trade him, and they'd get something really valuable. They'd get a back end first round pick, and it'd be or two or what whatever. What they would get would be valuable. Like you can pivot in the. NFL when you get rid of a good player because what you get is valuable. Right? Yeah, even two picks in the 20s are so much yeah, more valuable like, oh, than picks. Great, we yeah. could use those two things, get up to nine and get our quarterback. Or, or, use, or use both those two picks to trade for like Stefan Diggs and Jalen Ramsey, right? right? All right, John, we are rolling towards a huge... I mean, you can find a smart Alec bus driver in Kansas City who made some snide comments when we got on the bus. Maybe that's why we drove around the stadiums to tick him off. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Next question. Yeah, I appreciate about Gruden. He goes, next question after answering the question. And actually giving some good insight. We are rolling towards a big Raiders-Chiefs game here. Yeah, who, who would have thought? I mean... uh the Raiders have handled business since that game. That they have really the only game they dropped right is Tampa. Uh, being at six and three, right in a position. I, I kept saying the Ravens are locked to be the five seed. That's I think pretty wide open now. They're in shambles. We have a a group of you know all these teams at six and three. Hell, the Raiders are in position. Probably not to win the division. The Chiefs were eight no, but definitely to get the five seed. No, now. the Chiefs and, are eight and one. The Raiders beat them. I mean, the Raiders. Be- that's excuse, excuse me. Did I say eight? no? Yeah. Eight and one. Yeah. But even if you beat them, you, they still got to win on you. For sure. You know? 
you know, or I mean, they still have a game in the. They'd loss be eight column and two, and you'd be six. You'd be seven and three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's going to be pretty difficult. But this win would be, I think, would be validating to the Gruden era, uh, to everything that they did, the trading of Khalil Mack. Like it would all starting to become into fruition, which would be crazy because I think even Raider fans like our defense isn't very good. So you to beat the Chiefs twice with a bad defense, and the second time. Coming off a bye, we've heard the number a million times. Andy Reid's 77-1 and one coming off byes in his NFL career. 18-3. and three. Just, He just doesn't lose. And this one, coming off a bye, playing a team that beat him earlier in the year, which just statistically, I'd imagine, of his 21 games, it probably hadn't happened that many times because it would have to be a divisional opponent and it would have to have been set up perfectly in the schedule. Maybe it happened once in his career. But I, I just... You feel like it definitely, Gruden's kind of fired up. And I watched a little bit of Andy's press conference. He's not really that up and down of a guy. Like Gruden is much more boisterous and just aggressive. And you just kind of comes into this game pissed off of like, it's a big fucking deal. You know, I mean, Raiders Chiefs to people in that, in that world. And Gruden, the Raiders mean a lot to him, right? I mean, he, he had the chance to come back to a million teams and he chose the Raiders, who he'd already coached for. And Andy is... Feels like he, I mean, it doesn't feel he's going to end his career as the Chiefs head coach. And when it's all said and done, will he be remembered because of Mahomes more chiefy than Eaglesy? Yes. Might be. Absolutely. So it's like this rivalry, they've beat him a couple times. Remember uh, Thursday night game when the Raiders were 0 10? He beat an Alex Smith team. So they've had some, they've had some good games over to the Derek Carr tenure. This game's big, man. It just is. Andy, uh, 14 and 7 against the spread off a of bye. So. Uh, not that you know what matters here is not the Chiefs covering the spread. It's who wins or loses. But I'll use it just to illustrate. So I I took the uh, early in the week. I took the Chiefs minus six and a half. If the Raiders win this game, I then have to start thinking very differently about them. I think, right? Like I think they're a playoff team right now. But if they were to beat the Chiefs off of it, like if you were to pick a situation that would be the most impressive thing they could do, you would pick. Beating Andy Reid off of a bye after they've already beaten the Chiefs. Because at times we've thought the Chiefs kind of look like they were just lollygagging this year. If they get beat on Sunday, it won't be because they were lollygagging, right? Like they're going to be locked in for this game. Well, I think Mahomes, those last two games before the bye, had like nine touchdowns. He kind of went pedal to the metal, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. They, 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 they kind of woke up a little bit after the Raider game. If you picked, you're right. If you picked, okay, the Raiders are playing a team this week. What is the toughest possible opponent in the league? You'd be like, well, who's the best team in the league coming off a bye? <laughs> right? <laughs> just, so it'd be the Steelers or Sunday. the Chiefs. Yeah. Now you could argue because they play the Chiefs so much. But like we saw last year, I was texting with someone. It feels like five years ago, Mahomes last year threw four touchdowns in a quarter. Remember that? The Raiders went up early, like 10 nothing. It was like, God. I remember texting with a dude on the on the Chiefs staff, a scout, and he's like, I'm a little nervous right now. I'm not going to lie. And then, boom, touchdown, 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 and the game was kind of over. And then the following, remember, later in the season, uh, the Raiders have been playing well. They went to, like, London, beat the Bears. I think they were 6-4. and four. And the Chiefs, their record, because they, Mahomes had got hurt, I think they were 7-3. and three. And people were like, this is the biggest game the Raiders have had in, like, four or five years. And then the Chiefs destroyed him. Derek threw two picks. Remember, a pick six early in the game? And it was like, oh, this isn't a game. And then I, that's what I thought going into the first time. And I give him a lot of credit that the Raiders kind of kicked their ass in the second half. This is clearly the Chiefs are going to have, 
from a betting perspective, I, I you would yeah the, you would think the Chiefs are going to want to blow them out and run up the score, which is weird because th- these guys are heated rivals. The teams, the coaches are very very close friends. Yeah, I mean they go back like thirty years. I mean talking very close friends. Like there's a group of him Mooch. Gruden, like for Andy, that that Green Bay crew and then and Holmgren are like his boys' boys, yeah. And a couple of BYU, like Whittingham, and a couple Utah guys. But like when I think Andy Reid, close friends in the NFL, Gruden's one of the initial names that comes to my mind. As like, and that's where I think it gets. This is what being a coach, you get, why you get paid all this money. I think you put that out of your mind. You just look, we're playing the Chiefs, not Andy Reid. Yeah, right? I also think it might be that the Chiefs can't blow them out. It might be that the Raiders' offense is good enough. To not be blown out in this game, if they if they play their best game, well, I'll put it this way: if they both play their best game, I don't think the Chiefs can blow them out. If the Raiders play an A minus game, yeah, if, the if Raiders just, can score thirty. If they, yeah, yeah, if they just if they both were to play their best game, the Chiefs are better. But Raiders could the Chiefs could still cut the reads. To me, the if they both played A's. I do think like the Chiefs could beat them forty to thirty, like and cover the spread. But you're right; it, it wouldn't look like fifty to seventeen. Like right? that to me is the isn't that the question here? It's Wasn't the, Rugs? Didn't Rugs have the big touchdown in the first Chiefs game? I remember him flying right by a guy. And yeah. It's like they, you can practice all you want against your own guys, but speed is speed, right? I mean, it's just if I were to say just pick one thing, like if I gave you one answer to a question to help you understand how this game is going to look. What would it be? Like, for me, it would be, does the Raiders' offense look good? Because if the Raiders' offense looks good, they can win this game. Yes, I agree. Period. And I think sometimes we're so used to them being kind of this roller coaster where they look great, and then they kind of get some love, and they get some credit, and then they – but they came out that Browns game, they did what they were supposed to do. They came out the Broncos game, they did what they were supposed to do. Like, they're at home. The other thing is – it could be worse for them, right? Like, there are some things in their favor. The fact that this game is at home, which A, means home, but B, means not in Kansas City. I don't know what the weather in Kansas City is this week, but... Can't be imagine. warm. It's cold here. Yeah. So, I, it's... To me, I, if you told me at the beginning of the year this was a possibility, I would have been stunned, right? Like, they'd be set up to beat the, the Chiefs twice. I don't think they're going to win, but that's just because I'm making a prediction. It wouldn't shock me if they actually have a shot in this game. I think the Raiders have a shot for sure. Because they just—they mu- might you. be a much better shot than I ever would have envisioned at the beginning of the year. I do when you factor in the Chiefs are the best team in the league, and when they try, they kick ass. They are coming in really motivated. Now the Raiders are still motivated just from the fact that all these other teams, like the Dolphins, keep winning, the Browns keep winning, the Colts are winning, the Tennessee—they all have the same record. And then you start looking like the Ravens are kind of coming back to earth. Like we actually have something to play for, right? Getting that fifth seed means we draw the Titans and we probably beat them or the Colts. We get to play them. So we'll know if we match up well against them. The Raiders do have a lot to play for. Yeah, obviously. I mean, and I it's mean, like any they playoff level team does. It's not like they haven't been tested. They, their opponent, their strength of schedule wins. Uh, it, the, or the strength of victory is 530. Well, the, like, I think well, that the, Saints game has aged pretty well, right? It's aged really well. I think it's the best in the AFC. Might be the best in the I actually league. think they're that wh- Tampa game... Might be the best in the league. Guy, that Tampa game, I know the final score, they did hang for three quarters, and Gruden pushed out on the field goal and not going for it, and then it turned into like 
50 to 20 or whatever, but it was a seven point game. If he had instead he kicks a field goal to make it a four point game, remember that was the end of early in the fourth quarter. It just boom, they did it. Brady scores. Derek throws the pick. They score again. It just it it snowballed fast. But like one thing they've shown when their offense is on, they can hang with the big boys because we even the diehardest Raider fan, Paul Gunther would tell you our defense can be a problem. But when we're we go blow for blow. Like, we can throw haymakers now like Mike Tyson. Like, that, that Bronco game, as you were right. Like, you you, you hammered the over. You, like, bet the over. And then I, I was like, God, he's right. So I put some money on it. You had a Waller drop. You had an Aguilar drop. Like, they easily could have scored 38, 40 points in that, right? And then Drew Locke is now the new Blake Bortles, king of the meaningless fourth quarter points. It would have been that, – that, that game should have been 40 to, like, 21. And it would be like, easy cover, right? Instead, they dropped a couple balls. The Waller drop. I I actually started to talk myself into the Raiders a little bit. <laughs> well, I can't. You can't undo on my bookie, John. <laughs> That's the problem. Maybe you should play both sides on that one. So I may all do the over in this game. You like the over indoors? I do like the over. Yeah. What? What? Well, what, I don't. I haven't seen the number. What is it? Sixty-three. Yeah, I'd imagine it's pretty high. Do you have it? Should we get that? Uh, it's fifty-six and a half. I got it at 57. Oh, I'm I'm at my bookie? Let me refresh. Yeah. Did it go up here? Bum, 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 bum. That's I got 56 I'm and back. a half. Are you signed in? Yeah. That's Does Middlecoff get pretty, different numbers than me? Maybe they East Bay and San Francisco. <laughs> 57 is a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us we're crazy. Can't wait. John, let's tell the people about Hawthorne.co, promo code HAM. I'm smelling good. I'm feeling good. My skin is baby soft, silky smooth. My hair is uh, conditioned. My hair is shampooed. My underarms are deodorized. I mean, I, Hawthorne, I got everything you could get from Hawthorne, John, and you can too. It smells fantastic. Uh, you can load up your self-care personalized routine. You just take the simple quiz at Hawthorne.co, promo code HAM. Yep, Hawthorne.co. Go check out the quiz. Facial, oily skin, what kind of hair do you have? That's right. What kind of washes do you use? It's just a pretty basic quiz. And then they tailor make washes, face wash, body wash, cologne they sent you cologne they so, sent me cologne I, guy i haven't been a big cologne cream. guy i've been wearing it every day i smell great it smells fantastic you get it really two. does i i can't recommend it enough hawthorne even takes the risk out of it by giving you free shipping guy on your order and return so if you don't like it you can send it back uh they'll even retailer them based on your feedback they, they are very very progressive they'll pivot fast guy get special offers for the holidays Going on right now, visiting Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Check out their special holiday offers. Hawthorne.co, promo code HAM, promo code HAM. Quiz is actually kind of fun. It's like, what do you like to do? What's your favorite drink? And then, you know, based on kind of your activities and your smells, they put it all together. And then you can make changes if you want to. But, um, yeah, man, it's fantastic. I've been all in on my Hawthorne routine every day. Plus, my, my elbows were getting a little ashy. Took care of that. Thank you, Hawthorne. Hawthorne.co, promo code HAM. So the 49ers are on a bye. The hope is that when they return from their bye, Richard Sherman, among others, will return. Um, but a bye gives you a chance to start thinking about some things. And, and uh, one thing, I think, when you take a step back and look, Nick Wagoner wrote, the Niners have 
40 free agents coming up this year. Some unrestricted, some restricted. And then we start stacking up some other things that we've talked about recently. Like That's a lot of guys. What do you do with McGlinchey's fifth-year option? What do you do? Fred Warner's coming into the last year. You just, John just waved bye-bye. That's what they did with Eric Armstead, remember? They didn't pick it up, and they ended up paying him. Right? They did not pick up Armstead's fifth-year. No, uh, no, they did. They remember? did pick it up. Yeah, they did. Well, never mind then. Uh, you wish you had a fifth-year option on Fred Warner. He's making under a million bucks next year, the last year of his contract, so he's going to need an extension. What do you do with Trent Williams? Extension. What do you do with Sherman? He's a free agent. Uh, been one of your best corners. He's hurt right now. We don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. And then there's a bunch of other guys. Emmanuel Mosley. I think he's restricted. Kerry Hyder. DJ Jones. Like Ronald Blair. All these guys that we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the last couple of years, but have clearly been really valuable to the 49ers. Jason Verrett. Kwan Williams. Tart. Use checks a free agent. I mean, it's on and on. Caps coming down, John. And I'd imagine Ken, I'd imagine Kendrick Bourne is either an unrestricted. Kendrick Bourne or is unrestricted, and you yeah. might need a new quarterback. And you're coming off a bad year. It's one thing if you're coming off the Super Bowl, but now it's a reset year. You kind of got to get back on track. Feels like the biggest off season of the Shanahan era. All of a sudden, yeah. And the the other reality is, guy is. We can make excuses all we want. They're going to be three for four. And three for four missing the playoffs in Kyle Shanahan's four years as the coach. Now, the one year was awesome. He got to the he got to the Super Bowl. He won the NFC. It was really cool. But the other years have sucked. Those first two years were awful. This year, there are a lot of excuses to be made that are valid, but has been a rough watch. I mean, the Eagle game, Miami game, that Seattle game. Like, they've had some where... Your fans are turning off the game at halftime. It was just like, God, we suck. And I, I just, on the bright side, they have a lot of core players that are going nowhere, right? George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Offensively, you feel very good about that. Defensively, you got Bosa and Fred Warner. So you got like five, what you think, I think, blue chip type guys? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> And, and and we'll see. Maybe Kinlaw can fit into that category. He's clearly one of your core players. And, just and Kinlaw and Armstead is as good player as under contract. But the, the, you listed a lot of names, and the salary cap's surely going to come down. The number one question for this franchise before all the other guys you named, and they like Uzcheck is a big part of their offense. Hell, Kendrick Bourne has been making plays for years. Like Kwan Williams is one of the better nickel corners in the league. Like these are very important players on a good team. But the quarterback is the the thing that we talk about the most is the thing that moves the needle is the number one thing in the NFL if you want to compete. And that's a question mark right now for the NFL, or I mean for the 49ers. And we know in the NFL when your quarterback is a question mark, your team is usually, that's a problem for your team. That that to me is the scariest part is like, you have all these decisions, but until you figure out the quarterback, that to me is a more likely just to bring back Jimmy and, and draft a guy. But the problem is, is you're listing all these names. A lot of these guys are going to walk. You're going to need to use some of these picks to get, to acquire players. Like who are going to be your corners? Like Richard Sherman, like they're just not going to pay Richard Sherman. Like they, they're just not going to be able to afford use check. And as you said before we jumped on, there are a lot of people running Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Well, what does that mean? A lot of people could use use check. More people are interested in use check <laughs> than when they signed him four years ago for 21 million bucks. Yeah, Kerry Hyder, guy's made himself you, some uh, you money. Kerry Hyder's got to come back, John. <laughs> I'm not I even like kidding. Kerry. He's got to be no, back. I agree. But what do you do? 
I'm just arbitrarily, let's just pick a number. Let's say that figuring in your budget, you can offer him three and a half million dollars. Someone else, the Jaguars or the Bucks offer him six. Like, it's just, what do you do? Like, he's gone. You go, well, we got Bosa back. We got Kinlaw. We got Armstead. We've put a lot of money into that defensive line. We got to allocate it somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, you're going to need some DBs. They're going to need some offensive linemen. The scary thing is, and you brought this guy's name up, is McGlinchey. I, I know he got mad that Twitter was picking on him, but Mike, and I like you as a human. Like I, you're my type guy, but as a player, like I got to take the emotion out of it. You're getting worked. Like last game, the defensive line and a couple DBs shoved him around. I think McGlinchey is one of the biggest problems for this team right now because they use the ninth overall pick on him, guy. And I I don't see how you pick up his fifth-year option. And the one thing you'd say about Kyle, he showed with Buckner, he's, he can be cutthroat. I'd be a little surprised based on these clips I'm seeing and just based on the pressure is constantly coming from the left side of the line. Why? Because, I mean, the defensive side, the right side of the line for the offensive side, where McGlinchey is because they, they, they see the weak link. I, I just I don't envision the fifth-year option getting picked up. And the moment that becomes official... That officially becomes a problem, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they drafted him ninth overall. Which you draft they, a guy that's back to back picks guy, they're not going to pick up their fifth year option. Solomon Thomas, him. Yeah, I mean, if they drafted him eleventh, uh, it'd be a little better. But at nine, you're looking at, you know, I'm not sure exactly. I think it what is it the top the average top five of the trans is it of the transition tag is it of a tag? Or is it I just of that it, position? It's based on the top five of that position. And then 11 through 29 is like 25, top 25. Well, then you wish you drafted him 11th. Because we've, seen a, lot, we've seen a lot of these tackles, right, in the last 12 months get paid. And the numbers I keep seeing are huge. Bakhtiari, the, the Packers guy, $23 million a year. Tunzel was like 20. So it, it, uh, Trent Brown, the number is going to be – if I, I'm just taking an educated guess here, 17 plus, right? For a guy that you don't even feel good about being your starter, you can't do that. Correct? Correct. I just, you just can't. Especially because I think when they looked at Armstead, they're going to go, we're going to bring in a new defensive line coach. It'll change a little bit. And they were, they were kind of right. The offense is like Kyle's thing, right? I mean, he's playing a part in that. The, it's all the offensive line. When I think Kyle Shanahan's offense, the offensive line is a huge part of what they do, right? The zone scheme, the run game. Like, you, you need solid offensive linemen. And McGlinchey not being solid, to me, is a bigger question mark than all these other guys. That just It's inevitable, right? As, you, as your team, guys leaving free. Like Kendrick Bourne, he is a natural type guy on good teams that just gets another contract somewhere else, right? Kendrick Bourne is... But he's a hard guy to find for yourself because you have to find him cheaper. Yeah, like the Eagles give him a little more money because they need a wide receiver. You have to let him go. But then you realize right away, you're like, God, we kind of miss him already. Trent Taylor stinks. We just we want to, we don't want to put all of our pressure on our two wide receivers, right? You wish you could just keep him forever, like $2 million. But that's just not the way it works. Yeah, yeah. But you but you do need to you do need to hit on some more draft picks. <laughs> that's they gotta figure that out, guy. Yeah, I think remember, and it's a different circumstance because this team really got I mean, hurt in a way that's not normal. But for all the what happened to Sean McVay's, he went 9-7 and seven the year after they lost the Super Bowl, right? And this year, he's coming back from that year. At this point, they're 6-3. and three. They're in good shape. 
Like this, they, they, they had they had injuries too. Remember, no, Gurley they, was I, always like limping around. That's true. That's true. Somehow he still got like twenty touchdowns. I remember. But. I know, <laughs> and and paid. Um, but you just th- this year because it's going to be partly, and it already started last year. It's not just about finding other players. It's now with the cap, it, it makes it harder with the cap going down because you have to evaluate your own guys. You don't even get to keep necessarily some of the guys you would normally get to keep that you like. Well, wouldn't you say two? Like under normal Just, circumstances, you'd go, "We paid Sherman twelve million dollars this year. Great, let's bring him back again, right?" Would you? I think your best corner now, if he weren't hurt, I don't know how good he's going to be, but yeah, he's he's older. I understand, like, what's the but number? if he if if he were healthy this year and played the way he did last year, you how how do you find that guy? But this is back to what I'm saying. He'd be an unrestricted free agent. Well, like, I you would probably have a number yeah. in some teams uh, that are not as good. Pay him. I. I, I do think this is part of the deal. You got to get a little bit. They've they've signed some dumb contracts the last couple of years that I wonder if they would look internally like you know we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves with some guys because even Sherman who clearly was one of the best players on the team last year one of the best corners in the league. Once you start paying guys that are 32, 33, like Richard getting hurt this year shouldn't really be a surprise. I mean it sucks, but it's like older guys do get injured sometimes, guy especially a DB. Well, there's no question. I'm just saying. On a team that needs DBs, you'd probably bring your best cornerback, or you would try. But to I think bring your Belich- best Belichick would tell you, like, you just draft two of them and get them on cost-friendly contracts. You're paying all these other guys, like, you gotta. Yeah, I just think okay, you gotta allocate great, some resources. I'm with it, but like, this is now you're going to be doing that coming off a year that was bad. Like, you're going to be doing that in a year where you're trying to be good again, right? You're running a couple yeah. rookie corners. I, I just, yeah, it's hard. I even finding somebody else's Kwan Williams, you. I don't know how you're taking somebody else's guy at this point. Well, I got another one. It's got to be Jason Verrett's. Like that's they got they kind of got lucky when they they didn't get lucky. I mean they they found him, but he had been cut by a million teams. But no one saw Mozart becoming Mozart. You know they they did just hit on a lot of like really yeah. big. I gems. do feel like running back for Kyle Shanahan. We can kind of put that in its own category. Clearly, Mozart is above a head and shoulders above. Kinda, but look at look at what they had to do for their running backs. Mozart saved him. They allocated all this money for McKinnon towards ACL twice. They paid Coleman a decent amount of change. He just gets hurt all the time. He's a good player, but they paid him. Yeah. Uh, Breda carried him for a little while. He was an undrafted free agent, and then Mozart was just kind of a gem. So I, they've shown that like they will pay running backs, and it just doesn't always work out. Like They've paid a lot of people that just didn't work out, and sometimes they've just lucked into... Again, lucked in, I hate using that word. They just... Find Mozart. They find Breda. They find K1 Williams. You know, they find these cheap assets that help them get really good because they did have some high-priced players other places. And now they're going to be kind of in a pinch because no, just, they have some good players they got to pay that they have to. Like, you got to keep Trent, and he, obviously Fred's going to get paid. I'm just saying if you told me they had zero running backs right now, I'd go, okay, I'll, I, I, I agree I'll there. put my worry somewhere there. else. But, no, it's fair. They've had... The longer you do this, but they've had a number of contracts and a number of picks, right? We thought for a period of time McGlinchey would be in the category of good check mark, good pick, solid pick, not all pro, but just solid. You don't have to worry about right tackle for the next eight years. That's what we kind of thought at first, right? And yes. that's suddenly it doesn't look that way. Now you get Fred Warner later, you do, do Kittle later. Like they've hit on some later round picks that it's helped them. It's helped it helps them that Fred Warner was not the ninth overall pick. Yes. And he's making nine hundred thousand dollars next year. But I mean, it helped them that Kittle was cheaper. Well, like, exactly. They gotta, I think they what's going to be very incumbent on them is good word. 
Warner and Kittle are probably that's I'm not even getting close to that ambitious. But just get a guy that can become like three or four Kendrick Bournes and Kwan Williams in the third, fourth, and fifth round. They're going to be a lot of pressure on their draft next year, guy. On their everything. to get immediate contributions on their. That's the- and there's going to be a lot of pressure on all these injured guys to like. Can George Kittle stay healthy this year? Can, Nick Bosa, how does he look up coming off the ACL? You know, it's just like Jimmy. Did he? How's his ankle? Like they just all those are just natural questions. Do they have to find another quarterback? It's the biggest. It's the it's it's a problem. It's a problem, and it's not go back to the Super Bowl. It's just go to the playoffs in a yeah. in a division that only looks like it's getting better. Has the NFC West lived up to the hype? Even though the Niners have not been as good as we thought they could be, because the Cardinals have been. If you told me right now at the end of the whole thing, the Cardinals are the best team in this division this year, I'd go, well, let's see what happens on Thursday night when they play the Seahawks for a second time. Cardinals-Seahawks yeah, is kind of like Raiders-Chiefs this week. Yeah, It does feel like the Cardinals have a better chance to win that game, but maybe I'm not being fair. I agree, I, but I think it's based on the opponent. Like I think the Seahawks are just more flawed. The, the Seahawks are just... <laughs> 100 percent I, I I think big picture, you could argue the Cardinals, I mean Kyler Murray's 22, 23 years old. They're in the best position the next several years, right? They just got this guy who's gonna could improve exponentially. Let me ask Russell, you this. Russell's peaked, but if he just stays at his peak for two or three years, like you have a chance to win a Super Bowl every year. So but it's like he ain't getting many better. Do you think Kyle would trade rosters? With Cliff, if it was, it just includes everything. Like you just take all my guys. I get your quarterback. Would who would say no to a roster trade? The Niners or the Cardinals? I mean, the Niners. I mean, the, have, Car- the, the Cardinals would say no. guy. The, it, the number, the only position that truly matters is a quarterback, and their quarterback is exactly. So it's like you would take a team with a quarterback and a pretty good roster over a team with a completely stacked roster, but no, with but quarterback. I think questions. the only. I, I think if you did that that game in this division. Seattle and Arizona say no so fast your head would spin. The Rams, they're just open mind. You know, it might be a conversation. You just wouldn't want yeah, Jerry you, Goff under the contract. Yeah. I, Niners probably have more high level core players. I don't know. I mean, they got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. That's what I'm saying. But they're, but, but I would say Kittle. Yeah, let's do it. Kittle, Bosa, uh, Warner, Ayuk. Debo versus I mean, they're two Ramsey. receivers sweet, Cup yeah. and Woods. Yeah, maybe they would say no. I mean, Donald obviously is one. But the, yeah, I mean, but but it's not about that. It's about have the Cardinals. Are, you, are we going to come into 2021? The Cardinals looking like because of Kyler after the way this whole thing plays out. Well, regardless, to me, whether they win a playoff game or not, I, I think so. Because when you're a young player, you're getting. Your jumps are just look at Josh Allen this year. Like last year, it's like, oh, Josh Allen's not bad. And this year, it's like, damn, Josh Allen's pretty good. Kyler was like, last year, was like, whoa, he's much better than I thought. This year, it's like, could he win the MVP? Next year, is like, is he an MVP favorite coming into the season? Yes. That's the answer. Yes. You know, Hopkins there, they're comfortable with him. They have Christian Kirk. They're, uh, they're two running backs, Edmonds and Drake are good. Their offense is pretty explosive and their defense stinks. But as we've learned, Maybe when we get into the Super Bowl conversation, you need a good defense. To be a really good NFL team and to like make noise in the playoffs, you do not need a great defense. The Seattle shown that the last several years. Uh, Arizona, I'm sure, will show it this year. 
that they'll be the reason that Tampa or the Saints or whoever beats them, let's say the Packers, but it will not be the, like they're making the playoffs. I, I after they got that Hail Mary at six and three, if they were to win this weekend, I, I think are they win the division? I still would probably lean Seattle, but the division's wide open, guy. All three teams. Because I watch the Rams, I go, I, I just Jared Goff. I don't know. He doesn't do it for me. I, I want to like him more, but it's just it's just hard when you watch what what consistently wins games, right? Yeah, he just throws some b- bad picks. He's got a little Jimmy to him where he d- can throw a bad pick. And his numbers, it's not like he's Mister Explosive, right? He doesn't. You don't look and see twenty touchdowns. He has thirteen touchdowns. Yeah, I. I'm just saying it's hard when you watch the NFL now and you just see so many off-script plays. You just watch Kyler do things that you go, you said this to me immediately, and you're right. The the throw, the play that Kyler made to get to the throw and then the throw was getting underrated because the catch was so great. And the, the highlight of the catch beating three wasn't guys it, the Wasn't balls, it remarkable? Should have been sacked maybe twice, but I can't say should have because it's him. So he, it's not that he should have. He just made a play. Going across his body to turn and throw that way. I mean, it's just, it was crazy. As he's sprinting, it's. And, and, and I get, was he trying to throw it exactly there? Maybe not, but who knows? Maybe they practiced that. that. The ability to get that ball in that vicinity on the move, to me, that was just like, oh my God, how are the Niners going to beat this guy? And, and you'd say through the first three times they played him, they beat him both last year, but both times were like, Tip our hat to that guy. And this year, it was just like he was the best player on the field. Now, where's that game? I guess that game, because it opened up and Levi's going to be in Arizona. What's Arizona, if Mullins is a starter, seven-point favorite? Six, seven-point favorite? Like they're Maybe they more, depending on what it looks like. I, <laughs> I don't think – I know. I did not – when they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and I went, wow, they just acquired one of the best players in the NFL for David Johnson and a two? Second. Three? Yeah. Second. Uh, which was a good second, remember, because they drafted really high in the draft. Like, it was like 38 or 40. I knew it was a big I mean, deal, but I didn't realize it was going to help rocket Kyler's career. I mean, Kyler goes from just, to me, what Hopkins does, it takes Kyler from just, like, looking good and sh- I still a really good player with or without. But now all this stuff, like, means so much more because he's got this player that can match his level of specialness. It's... Division is what we thought it was going to be, just not the way we thought it was going to be that. Or it could be yeah. three playoff teams. To me, what's crazy, guys, that when I watch the Cardinals, it's kind of made Christian Kirk be a pretty good player who was already solid. I think he was a second-round pick. But you get this defined number one. And then the other guys kind of get to eat. Honestly, when I look at I just pull up the wide receiver stats just in terms of yards. But, I mean, they're, they are two of the more productive guys in the league. The top two guys are Diggs and uh, Hopkins. And I think both those guys, when you watch their team, ironically, they just played in that awesome game. Other guys get to just eat. Like Kirk just gets the ball. I, you watch that Bills, it's like, who's killing him? Beasley's just making play. Why? Because you're just like, what is Diggs doing? But then the other guys, the tight end, the wide receivers, for the Cardinals, it's really just because Cliff has all these wide receivers. Larry gets to make a couple plays. Kirk gets to make plays that the other guys just get to thrive because you have a bona fide number one guy, both those two trades, but specifically to Kyler, it is just, it's an unreal guy. He's got 67 catches through nine games. 
I mean, he's going to end up easily. Now, this is just what he's been doing lately, but you, you traded a running back that you didn't want and a second-round pick for a guy that gets you 120 catches and just dominates, right, and just can take over. Well, they And they've gone from— And takes, like you said, take your guy that you invested really kind of the farm, right, because yep. you traded the previous year's 10th pick, which you had used extra assets to move up for. So it you had given a lot to Kyler when if you factor in Rosen, which you have to do, right? It was a two-year accumulation to get to that point. Yes. Well, it, it went from like is Steve Kime on it? Like what? They just they had the Steve they had the Steve Wilkes thing and Kime is always around the owner and like is, is this organization they have their act together to all of a sudden they're set for a decade. Well, why would Steve Kime stop being their GM in the near future? He wouldn't. He won't. No, he's going to be. Like he went all in and he nailed it. He basically did a three-team parlay, and he nailed it. He nailed get rid of Rosen. He nailed Cliff. He nailed Kyler. Four-team, he got Hopkins. That's not even a – that's like the easiest part of your parlay was the last thing – the last game you picked was the well, Hopkins. Ky- Ky- Kyler's probably – any other coach beside Cliff, more than likely he's not their quarterback, right? Because he because he has said before, like, it was really difficult passing on Bosa. Because he's a football guy, like Bosa was an elite player. Wait, wait, say it again. You're saying any other coach? Yeah, let's say they had just hired like uh, just run of the mill Robert Sala or Stefanski. They probably just like, hey, we just drafted Rosen. Unless that guy hated Rosen, you're probably rolling it back with Rosen. Now, maybe I don't know Steve uh, Steve Kime. Maybe he had already. Yeah, really it kind of feels Rosen. like they wanted a, they wanted Kyler, but they had to make sure it was going to work. And maybe it was hard to find a coach that was willing to attach himself to Kyler. Like, yes, I will take I will take this job. You're taking Kyler. If they had passed on Kyler, it wouldn't have made any sense. I'm trying to think about the conversation. Does he go in the top five for sure? Does he fall a little bit? The Niners were two. Remember, the Raiders were four. I mean, can you imagine? The Jets it? were three. Can you imagine, John? Well, if the Niners, <laughs> the Niners had passed on Kyler. Well, they would have, right? I'm just, I know, but I just like, and then it looks like, and then we like, here we are, like a would, few would months they, later. Would they have? Would they have? I don't know if they would have or not. Maybe Kyle, after the Mahomes situation, would have been more open minded to Kyler. He might have been. Jimmy was coming off an ACL. That's true. I just, <laughs> just crazy. If you had gone yeah, Kyle, Mahomes, Kyler back, like thank God Kyler went number one overall. <laughs> yeah, does feel like he passes on him. Oh, but oh man. So are you talking me out of uh, Card- this? This is how we land on Cardinals plus three. Yeah, I, I, I just feels too public. Thursday nights, yeah, feel a little weird. Uh, I told you my philosophy: just take the team that's getting the points. But I just did that with Seattle and it didn't work. That's what I did so, with Pittsburgh. That's uh, sorry. That's what I just did with uh, the Bills and it didn't work. So yeah, but it, to me, you can live. That's what I did with like, Pittsburgh me, the week before. Seattle got their ass kicked. You know, they just weren't that good. The Bills, it took a Hail Mary. It also took a But them when you watch the Hail Mary, them. you're like, yeah, it looked kind of like a normal Doesn't play. even feel like a Hail Mary, you're right. It's different no. than a Hail Mary. Because he wasn't... Am I crazy to think of the two Rodgers Hail Marys? He just kind of got by himself. This one, he's like being chased and he, he's like jumping. I mean, it was just... It's also know, different I, when you Who throw else it. gets the ball off? Josh Allen, Mahomes. Stafford? Probably doesn't get it off. No, he's probably hurt. It, I think it looks different because when you throw it to Dr- one guy versus you throw it to like 12 people all down there together, yeah. right? I saw McDermott had a good point. He's like, the number one coaching point on the drill 
it's not an interceptable play. It's a knock the ball down play. Yeah. We do not go for the pick. And if you watch, both guys are going diamond. All three have diamonds. Like they're going to catch the ball. One guy should be trying to catch the ball. The other two, and it's, sometimes when you see it, it looks ugly. You're like, why did they do that? And the, the guy hits it like with a hammer, yeah. but it always works. They all three tried to pick it off. One of them knocked one I, of the I, other ones off the ball. It became two guys. I to- saw, I, I think I saw what's the dude on Good Morning Football that was in the soap opera, Kyle Brandt tweeted the measurables. It was like Jordan Poyer, one other DB, and Hopkins. Their their verticals and their arm length. Hopkins jumped four inches higher than the other two guys and his arms were longer. And it, or his, you know, standing reach. So it was like, this is why he caught the ball. And clearly he is I mean he's one of the great contested catchers of all time. Like of all time. That People, that, that's my beef with the play. Everyone's talking talking about Hopkins. Darren Ravel's like, Adidas got $3 million worth of advertising. It's like, all Hopkins, Hopkins, Hopkins. That is a Hopkins play. Like, that is his play. He makes contested catches. He's not Randy Moss running. He's not jumping over. He just high points balls with guys draped all over him. That's why he's such an elite player. What Kyler did is more extraordinary than what Hopkins... That's just what Hopkins does. He jumps for balls when guys are fucking draped on him. And he makes... I I mean, that's what he does. It it is what he does. I'm not diminishing... What he does does is elite, and it's why he makes like $20 million a year. But what that's like his best attribute. It'd be like... uh, Guy, did you see uh you see that dunk Zion had? Be like, yeah, guy on Zion dunks. Like that's still what makes he does. it still well, cool though. It is awesome. It's sweet. But but I'm t- my point is, I think the hype on the catch took away from the I agree with you. One of the most I honestly, I think it's one of the greatest plays th- let me repeat that. One of the greatest throws I've ever seen. You factor in moving to your left, full speed on the move, avoid sack. His play scramble to the throw on the money. It's I, I just don't know how many bet plays have been better than that, especially if you factor in the result too to win the game. Yeah, no, it's terrifying how good he is. The uh, my buddy Ryan Radke, who's a, a dedicated listener of the podcast, um, and uh, you can hear calling Thursday night and Sunday night football on Westwood One, texted me the other day. Nice, he said because nice we were talking about Kyler, and he said. Did you realize Kyler's on pace for the third best total offensive season in NFL history? I did not realize that. Uh, I heard Matt Barry say Lamar had a, one of the best fantasy seasons ever last year, and he's been like one of the biggest fantasy disappointments this year, from like last year to this year. Kyler is on pace for a similar, you know, rushing passing, just in the 30s, the rushing, you know, the 15 to 20 touchdowns, just a historic season. <laughs> Because the one thing, as a, as a newer fantasy player, the rushing touchdowns are worth more than the passing touchdowns. So if you can get the dual threat guys, I, I understood why Lamar Jackson was such a great fantasy guy. Every time I see Lamar or Kyler, I talk myself out of it. I'm like, oh, you know, he's not going to have a great game. And then even last week, he only throws one touchdown, but he fucking runs for two. He just accumulates points. By the way, get in our DraftKings game. DraftKings, promo code HAM. Sign up, DraftKings, promo code HAM, as of this recording on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, 70 of the 100 spots have been filled, so there's 30 spots I, left in, that right now. in our Ham NFL Week 11 Sunday game. You want to get into the Haberman and Middlecoff League. When you become a league member, you get the league games sent to you. You're on the invite list. You're first to know. 
So do that. Come play DraftKings with us. I had to help myself out with the points in the league. Just another 11th finish out of 150. I mean, I'm just racking up points. I think you're money. third in overall points now with zero dollars. <laughs> still, it's incredible. What a what a what a disappointing success story. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I mean, there's definitely the app, an equivalent I, of like you're just uh you know you always finish second in the. It's like you're you're Harden actually. Is that a good thing? Like, am I on the right pace, or is it just if you were not getting a good paid fifty million? Uh, yeah, I mean, you are. Like I told you this last week, you are bound to have a big win. Like when you win, it's gonna be you're just bound to. You're just around the ball too much. Yeah, you know, I agree with you're you. You like LeBron uh, early in his career, where it's like LeBron's not a winner. It's like nah, just give him time. It'll work out. So I'm the LeBron on the Cavs the first time around. The Booby Booby Gibson LeBron. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Uh, download the DraftKings app. Do promo code HAM. You can get in. Obviously, we got a game going right now. I'm just about to get in that bad boy. I'm playing. I got a. I had some cash in there, so I entered a little golf game this weekend. Uh, and not a bad field, actually. Sunjay's in it. Uh, Terrell Hatton. I saw. Uh, I almost said Larry Harris. Whoever that Harris guy is, I forget the Harris English. Harris English. <laughs> Pretty good, pretty good little field. Really? Okay. Web Simpson. I might, uh, I might dabble in a little golf this week then. Yeah, we, we, I think Webb Simpson is the heavy favorite. He, he lost last year in a playoff. Uh, Kisner, some, some solid names. Uh, download the DraftKings app. Promo code Ham. Uh, how about uh, a- a- Antonio Brown and his uh, uh, HOA issues? I've never had uh, lived in a place with an HOA. I've any story I hear about HOA makes me want to. Pound my forehead against a, a brick wall. It just sounds. I, like I've been worst. now my, my my last two residences. One is a renter and one is an owner. I have had over under six and a half run-ins uh, with the HOA fees. Some of them, you know, self-inflicted. Others, not. At least in my opinion, and I do understand because the way the HOA it's a little like a country club. Like a country club is owned by the members. So the HOA is technically owned by the residents. And then obviously a guy in a building, let's say of like 100 units, becomes the president of it. But then they also pay an HOA, like the HOA, or we pay fees. You know, my fee at where I live in Walnut Creek is I think 390 uh, a month. For example, like a nice building in San Francisco or like the nicest building in like Walnut Creek is like a thousand bucks. So it can be really expensive. If you're just paying for your garbage getting taken out, sometimes it frustrates you. Like I can't imagine paying a thousand dollars a month. Like what am I really for getting? The, the, you know, so the grass my, is getting mowed, right? The bushes are getting, but I don't even have, we don't have that much grass. The pool's <laughs> getting cleaned, but, but guy, it's Corona. I'm not allowed to use the pool. That's well, my I, latest blow up. That's my latest blow up. So they, they padlocked the gym. And I said, I, here's the thing guys. If you're going to padlock the gym and not allow us to use the pool, which I guess is your right, even though we own it and own run the HOA, why are we still paying the dues? Like I, the do, what what am I paying the dues for? And it's just things like that that you constantly get in these run-ins with the HOA. I've had people that have had their the best part about where I live now is I'm on the third floor, so I can't flood. We've had some flooding in different places. And then the HOA is supposed to pay for it, and they never want to. It's one of those type deals. So I, I've heard of some horror stories. All getting back to Antonio Brown, like if there was going to be one individual that if you told me he had a blow up and it got ugly, and you said, "Well, who did he fight? Like his girlfriend? That's not good. Like he fought like his uh, it, you know, little what, what was his kid's name? Like Archie or remember uh, he had a little go, kid? Uh, wasn't it called like <laughs> Champion or 
Yeah, no? <laughs> he had a cool little. He had a cool little name, like one of Champion's little like dad, his friend's dad or something. I'd be like, come on, AB. But when he when it said that he got into a knockdown blow up with his uh with his HOA, I do think a lot his, of people in the back of their mind. He threw a bike, allegedly, at a security guard. Allegedly, and broke a camera. Allegedly. Well, was the is the guy. You know, trying to inside. I hate defending Antonio Brown, and I refuse. I, I'm Antonio Brown. Someone, someone DM me the other day, like, "What's your take on AB?" I'm like, I don't do AB takes anymore. But this one is kind of funny. I, I just, I understand. I understand. Now, I think his, like, to me, my HOA when I get in, a, when I get into an issue with them, I have to. They're not on the premises. The guy, there's a management company. I have to email or go. He lives in this super nice gated community. They have like a, they pay a security guard to be at the front. Well, that guy's just enforcing rules. Like, may, oh, you can't park on the, no parking on the street, ported north on Tuesdays. Yeah. But like every, I, that I just, one, that one always pissed me off. It's like, I remember visiting a few people like just in my life. I remember even as a kid, they'd be like, oh, we can't, can't park on the street on the curb. I'd be like, what? What's the point of having a? What do you mean? You have to park like outside. I got to park in your garage. No, there's a parking lot like around the corner. You got to. It's not a lot. It's like three spots, right? That one. All I just remember yeah. thinking that's insane. I gotta. I can't park on the curb. Why would I want to live in a place where I can't park on the curb? It's insane. Well, that's why Antonio Brown throws his bike at the guy. He's just tired of these rules. I think you get to the point where so many rules you feel are arbitrary, and you're paying for, for sure. it. And it's like. If I pay for my internet, I feel what my internet gives me every day, right? I use it, or my TV, or whatever. With the HOA, and I think in housing development, sometimes they're really high because they kind of like sometimes they pay for the local public schools, like they they impact like the local community. In the back of your mind, you go, "I'm get you have a I'm getting screwed," and then the guy gets a little lippy. He goes, "AB." Can't fucking ride your bike in here. And AB's already on edge. You know, he just teams. He probably hasn't got off to as hot of a start as he wants. Or I guess this happened before he got signed. Yeah, right? yeah. Is that yeah, the story? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So he's waiting to get signed. He's he's trying to be on his best behavior, and he's just cruising the neighborhood. Rosenhaus told him no Insta stories, and he's just been good. Maybe he's just having a bad day, and the guy said something that set him off, and he's just had a fucking enough, and he tossed his bike. It does. If you pick up a bike, unless you got one of those Eddie Bowers, like they're. That's that could hurt. Uh, yeah, I, it is. Maybe maybe he's got like one of those high level fifteen thousand dollar racing bikes that weigh like you know the, the equivalent of three feathers. Um, we're gonna talk about. And then do you think he immediately wanted to destroy the evidence? So he didn't maybe. want that bad boy could out. Be. Because okay, let me defend him a little more. What's the first thing he's thinking? This guy's gonna take this, call TMZ, and go. I got hundred thousand dollars. I got yeah, a video. Of you Antonio shouldn't have thrown Brown. your bike at somebody allegedly. Where do you stand on people immediately going right to TMZ on, on a situation like that? Would you do that? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of people always having just the whole your phone's always out when something's going on. And that's not an anti-phone thing, but just everyone just standing there always filming all kinds of shit. Just Yeah. Put your shit. Whatever. That pisses me off. <laughs> you struck a chord. It's like, that so is the stupid. first reaction. It's like... Uh, Seven-year-old on fire in the street. Everyone runs out, like gets out their phone. It's like, uh, someone want to grab some water and put the kid out? You know, it's like, but the first reaction is always like, oh, uh, a lion is attacking Mr. Williamson next door. You run out, you grab the iPhone. About, well, iPad, remember the you one you told, the guy, Let me get this on Insta. The guy who had the mountain lion chasing him was filming the whole thing. 
That guy handled it pretty well. I, I, he did, I, but I, it's like I, he, he had the presence of mind to think like, oh, this could go viral if I survive. And if I die, it could go viral too. Yeah. I, I would not have grabbed my phone in that. I would have been freaked. Uh, I got a uh, uh, got a note from Alex, John, longtime uh, listener, loyal. I met him a couple a year or two ago up at Washington State. He's a coog, works up at Washington State, listens to the podcast. Said, uh, I think it was on your Friday podcast, you talked about standing desks. You guys were crushing standing desks. I will not stand by for the slander on standing desks. I got one from my office last year. It's a game changer. You feel like you're accomplishing so much more when you're standing. <laughs> I guess I spent half my time in the office day standing. Uh, not that I've actually been in my office for the last eight months. Um, get Milikov up to Pullman in November. I don't think he could survive the way he talks about just seeing his breath in the Bay Area attempts. So, How did Leach walk to work when it snowed? I maybe just walked. I don't know. And sh- probably did cargo get- shorts, drinking a coffee out of a tin cup. Yeah. Anyway. Wazoo- you know who Wazoo has this week? Uh, yeah, Stanford. I like Wazoo. Uh, Jaden Delora, their quarterback, is just my favorite guy in football, I think, right now. Stanford, I flipped that game on. They were clearly getting their butt kicked. And they actually kind of made it down game, five at the half. Back, right? Then it got weird. Then they came back. Yeah. But you know, the situation with their quarterback last week, but he, but he practiced on Friday, on Friday. and he was able to play yeah. Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, we we're going to talk about Jameis. I could wait till next time. Jameis not going anywhere. Yeah, no. Call it a show. Call it a show. Later. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.